Another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. Well, have you found Joshua 1, 6 through 9 yet? If you haven't, just give up and we'll pray for you at the end of the service because you need prayer. Amen. Look on the screen here. It says this, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions that Moses gave you. And he says this, do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Underline that. Highlight that. Tattoo that on your lower back right there. Okay. Anyways, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. And so we've been talking about the importance uh, of upgrading your life. What you're going to need to do is you're going to need to learn how to meditate on God's word. We got too many people that are disciplining their lives and doing their devos. It's just that by one o'clock, they can't tell anybody what they read in the morning. It's just by the end of service, by two o'clock after you've had your food, you don't remember what is preached. That's because we're not taking enough time to meditate on God's word and reprogram our soul or our mind so that we can have the upgraded life. And so this is why what you have in churches all across America are people that are doing the right thing, yet not fully reaping the benefits of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's a sad thing. That is a super, super sad thing. And so as the shepherd of this house, I want to make sure that I'm equipping you in every way so that you can succeed and dominate life at the level you're at. Amen? How many want to do that? Because if you don't want to do that, you're in the wrong church because I'm always going to be encouraging you to do right. I'm going to make it real uncomfortable for folks that say they love God, but they ain't doing right. Oh, come on, somebody. You're going to feel uncomfortable when you come in the house. And, and the thing about it, when you recognize uncomfortability, that's just many times God trying to just tell you, hey, he's trying to give you a little nudge. Hey, come on, get things right. Do things right. Follow my word. And what happens when you follow his word? The Bible says this, you could succeed in everything you do. See, some of you guys are self-sabotaging the success God wants to have, have for you. So you go to church, you pray. You said a prayer, you asked Jesus in your life, but you just won't stop sleeping with your boyfriend. You just won't stop, you know, sleeping with your girlfriend that you're not married to. See, all that does is it undermines the things that you say you believe. The best thing you could do for yourself is get all the way in. Can I get an amen, somebody? The best thing you could do is say, Christ, I'm going to follow you. I'm ride or die, as they say, and I'm in this till the wheels fall off. But we got others that say that, and then they take the wheels off themselves by their actions, by the things they do. 
They won't tithe. They won't give. They won't get involved. They won't, you know, live right when they're away from the house of God. See, this kind of preaching will make that person uncomfortable. And, I, and, and my desire is it should only make you uncomfortable so that you hear the voice of God in it. Not because this preacher's mad at you. I ain't mad at you, you know. Tell the neighbor next to you, he ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at you, but, I, you know, sometimes the truth got to come and it'll hurt you before it helps you. Oh, come on, somebody. You don't want to hear that. Sometimes the truth will come and hurt you before it helps you. And all you got to begin to do is say, okay, God, I submit to you. Because the key prayer, the key word when we ask Jesus into our life is we say, Lord, be the Lord of my life. Do you know what that means? It's like if anybody here is renting a house from a landlord, he is in charge of that property. You, if he says no smoking in the house, it don't matter if you like to smoke. He can kick your butt out of that house because he is the landlord. And if you're renting from a landlord, you have to do what, the, what he has on the lease because he is the Lord of that property. So when we say, Jesus, be my Lord, oh, come on, somebody. You got to get into his word and his deed about how he says your life should be. But here's the problem. We've got many of us are ignorant to God's word. And wherever you're ignorant, Satan is going to rule in there. Let me break this down for you real quick. You see, God, Jesus is called the light of the world. Amen? He's the light of the world. Satan is the prince of darkness. Now, as I've said so many times before, that does not mean that if it gets dark in here and we shut out all the windows and we turn off the lights, that Satan rules. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. So there's a few you could stop being afraid of the dark. What it's speaking of metaphorically is darkness is ignorance. Light is knowledge. Jesus is the knowledge of the world. When you come into the knowledge of Christ, you come into the light. But when you're ignorant of his word and his promises, Satan can rule and reign in that area. And he becomes the prince of ignorance. And that is why there's, I'm telling you, you cannot go to a church that ain't teaching the word. Because when I, what I don't teach you, you remain ignorant of, and Satan can beat y'all up in your marriage. Satan can beat y'all up in your singleness. Just so many of you here don't know how to be single. You don't know how to be single. Well, I know how to be single. I've been single. Today. But do you know God's way to be single? That's why we have a singles awakening. And that's why we call it an awakening, because the light bulb goes on. Ding, 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 ding. And now you have a, a choice to make. You could either be like all your friends that are living their life to go in another direction and making themselves the God of their life, or if you're going to make Jesus Lord of your life, you could get in the light and be a single for Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? It's all that. Whether that's that way in your marriage, it's that way in your business, whatever it is that you have, you've got to get information and knowledge on it. Amen? And so we've got to get an appetite. If we're going to upgrade our lives, we have to meditate on God's word. It's not enough to hear it. And the first week we talked about these three Sesame Street steps of Christianity, that if you get this, it will change your life. And that is you got to hear the word, you got to speak the word, and then you got to do it on purpose. Come on now, hear the word, speak the word, do it on purpose. One more time, come on. Hear the word, speak the word, do it on purpose. No, 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 no. 
I had a fat boy's flashback right there. I'm sorry about that. So if we could get that, what would begin to happen is we can infuse our lives to God's word. The problem that we have is most people are good just learning. I went to church and I learned something new. And they're always learning, 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 never doing. I told you about that friend I had growing up when I got saved. Him and I got saved at the same time. He was always that friend that never had enough money. Y'all have a friend like that? If you're sitting next to him, just look straight ahead because I don't want to start a fight. You know, it'd be their idea. Let's go to the movies. Cool. Let's go. You get there. They get up to the window. Hey, yo, man, you got me? I got you. What do you mean? You didn't got no money? Ah, dude, you know, I had to do this thing. Every time, man, I'd have to break out and pay for him too. He'd be the guy right after church. Oh, let's go get something to eat. I'm starving. Okay, cool. You go there. You're in line. He turned around. Hey, you got me? I'm like, what? You got no money? Ah, man. Always had an excuse. And so we got saved together, start going to church. And then I went over his house one day and he had all these books on financial prosperity, the head and not the tail. God wants to bless you how to be rich in the kingdom. And I looked at his I looked at his bookcase and I said, dang, bro, where'd you get all these? He goes, oh, man, I've been learning about how God wants me to prosper and he wants me to have money. And, I, and the light bulb went and I said, you, you've read all these books because whenever you're with me, you don't ever have money. He goes, yeah, yeah, I read all these. And the light bulb went off in me, and, and this is where I learned this, this valuable lesson, that learning is not enough. You must apply what you learn. Can I get an amen on that? And this is why we have believers all over the earth that are simply looking to learn. And that is why they follow preachers. They get their favorite preacher because he's always teaching something new. And at their church they go to, they kind of shut off because they do this. I've heard this before. I already know what pastor's preaching. I need to go learn a new message. Fool, you don't need a new message if you ain't doing the old message. The new message ain't going to do nothing for your life. Go out and learn 50 ways to cast out devils. Go ahead and go learn how to prophesy the pain off the walls. But if you have not yet learned how to be consistent and go to church and give a tithe, all that other stuff ain't going to do nothing for you. Ooh, it got real quiet in this Baptist church today because you know it's true. It's not enough just to learn. You got to hear the word, speak the word, and then do it on purpose. So we have people that are addicted to just learning. And learning learning will get you feeling real good. Here's what the Bible says about learning. It says knowledge puffs up. Knowledge produces pride. So when you learn new things, we feel real good about ourselves. We think we got it going on. We think we're holier than thou. We think we're the next Pope John Paul VIII. We, we think we're all, we're glowing in the dark. No, you're not glowing in the dark. Because all you have is pride and puffed upness. And this is why in this house, what, what, what will cause you to, to balance the pride of knowledge is serving. When you serve others, it brings a balance to what you know. Because there's too many folks that know everything and they ain't doing nothing with it. Come on, and some of you have met them, and that's why you stopped going to church. Well, I like to make it real uncomfortable for folks that just want to learn but not do anything with it. Because I'd rather take somebody that's got this much knowledge of God and see this much fruit with it. Come on, somebody, amen? I'd rather have that. This is the model where that works. If, you, if all you know is Jesus died on the cross, came to for, forgive me of all my sins and to give me a new life, go bear fruit with that. God will keep giving you more. 
But after that, you've got to start acquiring more. And whatever you acquire, you got to do something with it. Because in order to upgrade your life, God gives us this important key right here. He says, you got to meditate on my word. And what he's talking about there is you got to think right thoughts. Because we got too many people that are saved, but they don't think right. Let me say that again. We've got too many people. You're saved. You have a born again spirit, but you don't think right. Tell your neighbor, we're going to fix that this morning. We're going to give you the keys how to address that and fix that. So look at Philippians 4.8. I'm just going to touch on this and we're going to jump in because I covered it last week already. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Let me read it to you in the Amplified Version, which just kind of breaks it down a little further. It says this, For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence or honor, and seemingly whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind, winsome, and gracious, and if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. It says, fix your minds on them. Now, what is God addressing here? He's addressing the fact that too many of us are, are claiming to be followers of Christ with an unrenewed mind. You know more about entertainment than we know of the word. You got more knowledge of the streets than you got of the kingdom. And, and, and you, you know more knowledge of dirt than you do of God. And so we've got to change that. And so we've got to make sure that we reprogram, so to speak, and get God's thoughts as our thoughts, okay? And, and, and we talked about Proverbs 23, 7. It says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So yes, you should go to the gym and get your workout on. Come on, get your fitness on. Yes, go ahead and buy the lashes. Come on, ladies. Go over to Mac and get you, you know, what you need to get at the Mac counter. Go ahead and get your hair did, your nails done. Do what you got to do, but be cautious because you can do all that and still be ugly if the thoughts that are rolling around your head are continually saying, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm not beautiful enough. And so we've got fine women that think they're ugly. Listen, there are supermodels that commit suicide every year based on the belief that they're ugly. Listen, we've got to take God's word seriously. As you think in your heart, so are you. Now, that's an extreme case, but some of us, we still think nobody likes us. We think we're rejected. We think something's wrong with us. We think I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm, you know, I'm the lesser of our family. I'm the least of our family. I'm the one in the office nobody likes. You keep believing that, and that is what you'll have. Amen? But let's turn that upside down. If you start believing the good from God's word, where he says you're the head and not the tail, you're the brains and not the butt, come on. When you start understanding I'm above and not beneath, you start getting good thoughts that you rule with Christ in heavenly places, your life can change dramatically. But see, many of us know that, 
but we haven't taken the time to speak it and then act that out on purpose so it never becomes a part of you. So then John chapter 3 verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So what is he saying here? He says you're going to prosper to the level that your thoughts do. So before you go off and get that new job or start that new business or get married, take inventory of what's rolling around between your ears. Because that is the roadmap to where you're going. Because you and I have both seen people that have blown great opportunities. They get the dream job only to lose it. They get the dream relationship only to screw it up. And that is because they haven't taken the time to meditate on God's word and change what's rolling around up in here. Are you with me still? So let me prove this to you. So First uh, Peter 1.3 says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. What is the Bible telling us? You have all things that pertain to life and godliness. God has provided it for you, whether it be healing, whether it be prosperity, whether it be supernatural increase, whatever it is, you could stop asking God for it. He already gave it to you. Yeah, but but pastor, I don't see it. I don't see it. That is because all truth emanates from the spirit first. And that's why I got to get you seeing the spirit realm as more real than the natural realm. Because if you could get your eyes fixed on the spirit realm, you can make your natural realm look like the spirit realm. Because what did we all pray in Catholic Church when we was all coming up? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the spirit realm. So it's time. See, we all know that prayer, but none of us are taking the time to implement in that in our lives. And here's the thing. You can God wants to pull heaven into the earth. Christians are trying to get out of the earth to go to heaven. You got it backwards, baby. Our job is to pull heaven into the earth realm. Are you with me today? So Ephesians 1.3 also backs it up and says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, everybody say every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Everything. 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 That's what makes this born again life so amazing is once you get the revelation and once you take it from just knowledge into application, everything can change for you. How do you think I get on planes and I've been getting on planes and, and, and going all over the world for the past 25 years? It is simply because I got a revelation. I began to see provision for my mission is in the spirit realm. I never let what I see around me, I never let my condition dictate my position in Christ. That's what I'm trying to teach y'all because some of y'all are too tied to being from the hood. No, you're from heaven. The hood was just where you resided for 10 years, 15 years, or presently. Come on, somebody. I'm not hating on that, but you got to start recognizing your origin is beyond your street. It's beyond your clique. Come on. It's beyond the 916, the 710. I'm going to start a gang war up in here. No, no, no. All right? So you got to start associating in that spirit realm. 
So I'm dropping these gems on you right now. So this week, when you're going through it, you'll begin to meditate on them. So I hope you're writing them down. I hope you're highlighting them on your phone so that when you start going, dang, I don't have enough money for this for Christmas. And you could stop everything and just go, but your word says, God, that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. That means if I need it, you've provided it for me. But just like pastor said, I got to get it in me first. I got to say it and say it and say it. And then I got to act it out on purpose. And I got to stop telling people I'm broke. Stop telling people you're broke is a joke. Start telling them you're blessed. Start telling you you're believing God. Are you with me on this? See, here's the crazy thing. Some of you already know this. But this is a little push saying, you know this, but you're not doing it. Let me keep going here. So understand, these scriptures tell us this. To get your upgrade, you better start associating with your origin in the spirit. Spiritual blessings are always uh, the root of the blessings in the physical realm. So whatever you're needing in the physical realm, the root or the seed of it is in the spirit. It doesn't just pop out of nowhere. It's somewhere in the spirit. It's there already. So we've got to learn how to tap it in the spirit and pull it into our reality. Some of you here, you need a house to raise your kids in a good environment, in a good neighborhood. It is in the spirit before you'll ever see it in the natural. Some of you all have a business, a dream, a ministry. It is in the spirit before you'll ever manifest it in the natural. How do you manifest what's in the spirit? Stay with me now because some of you all are going, well, how do I do that? You already did it. Do y'all remember when you heard the word preached and the pastor said, if you want to receive Jesus, you got to just come on up here. And what you, you remember what y'all did? You heard a word, you responded to the word, you confessed the word, and then you left here all happy. Some of y'all crying, boogers coming down your face. I was one of those, you know, nothing in the natural happened different. Do you guys recognize that? Remember, remember back to when you gave your life to the Lord. Wasn't no beam of light that came in the room. No angel appeared and said, therefore, you are now a son of God. No, no, it didn't happen. You know what happened in the natural? Nothing. Yet you left here transformed. I remember the day for some of y'all. I remember the day when some of y'all in here got saved. And if we were to just go in the natural realm by what happened, You could pose an argument, you didn't get saved, because nothing changed in the natural. But we know better that everything that changed was in the spirit realm. And here some of you are, a year later, two years later, you don't smoke no more. Come on, somebody. You don't go out and get drunk no more. Come on. You ain't sleeping and rolling out of somebody else's bed uh, in the morning. Come on. You're, you're, You're at a different place in life. Because of something that happened in the spirit. How did you get it? You heard the word. You spoke the word. And you, and you did what God's word said. Are you tracking with me? So y'all have already done this, but why have you stopped with salvation? Why have you stopped there? Why can't you every day, every Sunday that I share a scripture on offerings and giving and how God wants to bless you and these things, how come you can't go, yes, that's mine. I'm filling out this check and as I give, God has given me back. And then you leave here and nothing happens. But you know, you know that you know that in the spirit realm, you've just brought access of your finances into the kingdom of God. Now, some of you have done that, but others of you haven't got that far yet. 
you need to get it. But it's all in every area of your needs in life. But you've got to get familiar with God's word because every blessing comes from the physical realm. But here's what happens. An unrenewed mind, I want you to write this down, will always talk you out of the blessing of God. An unrenewed mind will always talk you out of the blessing of God. Are you tracking with me today? So here's what we got to do. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. I'll read it to you for the sake of time. It says this, either make the tree good and its fruit will be good or else make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. This is why we don't cuss anymore. Can I get an amen on that? This is why I don't speak bad language anymore. Come on, amen? Can I get an amen on this? Some people will say, well, it's just language. Exactly. Language tells on you. Out of the abundance of what's in your heart, you will speak. That's why it all, it's like nails on a chalkboard when I hear Christians still continuing to use bad language. You don't get it. You ain't got that revelation. You got to get in your heart good things so what will come out of it is good things. Some of you still cussing at your kids when they make you so mad. You have a problem. You got to get that fixed. You got to get that heart changed. Are you with me today? So he says, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart will bring forth evil things. So what is he saying here? If you put good treasure in your mind, you will manifest good things. If you've got evil treasure in you, you will manifest evil things. Meditate on that. Chew on that. What does that mean? It means I got to start getting good things in my mind. But here's what most people will do. They'll hear good things, never take the time to meditate on them, and then they wonder why they have an anger problem. They wonder why, and they, and they beat themselves up over it all the time. They'll go to the office, they'll get into a little squ a squabble with somebody, and, and, and they'll lose their temper, next thing you know, they're cussing them out. And then they say, man, why did that happen? Here's why it happened, because you still got bad fruit up in here. And Jesus says, if I could get you to change the treasure of your heart, then, good, then you won't even have to try to be good. Because you know how folks got to try to be good. Anybody at that stage where you trying, come on, smile at me today. You trying, you know, you know it's hard, but you're still trying. You know, that, that, that person at the office just pushed them buttons. And instead of having good thoughts about them, you, you're gritting the teeth and you're saying, hey, how you doing? Good morning. And you're saying the right thing, but in your mind, you just pulled out a gat and shot them. In your mind, you threw a brick at them and busted their head open. God bless you. How you doing? So you're trying. That's good. Keep doing that. But what will happen if I could get you to meditate on God's word? Good things will come into you and you won't even have those other thoughts. I told you a story last week that there was that, that pastor that for a whole year, he was ripping me. He was taking advantage of me. He was playing jokes on me. He was trying to make my life at that church miserable. But because the meditation of my heart was good, every time he did something, I assigned a different meaning to it. Ah, oh, he's just messing around. He's just having a little fun. He don't mean it. 
But you know what would have happened if I didn't have good treasure in me? I would have fought that fool. And they would have shipped my butt back to California. They'd have fired me, took my ordination, and I never would have met Pastor Tina. Sergio would have never came into the earth. My beautiful daughter, Selena, never would have been here because I could have aborted something because there was not good treasure in my heart. See, I'm just speaking reality to you. So for a year, this dude was ribbing me, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then he comes to me after a year, tears in his eyes, and he repents to me. And for the life of me before God, I was looking at him going, I don't even know what you're talking about. Because I never took one of his actions into my heart. Because the meditation of my heart is to do what the Bible tells us. Now let's go back over to, because this is where I got to get you to before I let you go. Go back over to where we just read Philippians 4.8. This is why God says, hey, whatever things are true, which is his word, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on that. Now, why is this so revolutionary? The reason it's so revolutionary is because the way we're all programmed by our fallen nature is to recognize bad. We're all programmed like that. That's why when you meet somebody, you size them up right away and you walk away recognizing all the faults. I see some of y'all do it. And you know what that is? That's a fallen nature. You need to renew that mind. Because once you renew the mind, you can go around the world and the, you'll see the world in a beautiful way. The world is a beautiful place. See, right now, some of you think all men are dogs. Look at all these dogs on the news <coughs> doing all these things, getting caught. Listen, there are some dogs out there, out there but we ain't all dogs. And the men of God said, Amen. four men of God in here. That's right. We're going to work on that in 2018. At least you honest. At least you honest. I can't, I can't hurt you for being honest. But listen, the Bible's telling us, think right thoughts about folks. Think right thoughts about your wife. Why is it you only see what she doesn't do? Why is it you're only upset about the things that she is not strong in? You know what it's telling you here? Think on the things she does do, whatever is praiseworthy. This could change your marriage. This is what I'm talking about. If you grasp this today, the marriage is changed. You, you won't need to go spend thousands upon thousands, and it'll take thousands to fix that marriage if you could get this. Because most marriages succumb to the 80-20 rule, which is this. We focus on the 20% we don't have, ignoring the 80% we do have. And then we leave a marriage to go after somebody that has 20% of what we don't get, but lacks the other 80. You know what that means? You usually go into a relationship and you go down instead of up. People's light bulbs are going on. Mm -hmm. I know that's what my ex did. Mm -hmm. He had all this and now he, mm -hmm. you, you preaching now, pastor. And the remarried couples are just going, hey, man, God, that wasn't, my, that wasn't for us. That wasn't for us. That's all right. That's all right. Because you could change that if you focus on the right things. What would your life be like if your dad would have did that for you? Your dad only saw the bad in you. He only saw your weaknesses. What would it have been like if your dad could tell you the strengths and he could praise you for the strengths? Some of you would be different individuals right now. Now, listen, we don't have time machines. We can't go back and fix that. But what we can do from here, we could be what we didn't have.
what we didn't have, we could be that for somebody else. This is why this is so important. Because some of y'all walking around the earth mad. Tell your neighbor, you mad, bro? Tell him, tell him, just tell him. That's a saying. That's a meme now. Because so many folks are angry. And they'll get angry about anything else. But here's what has to happen for us as believers. If you want to upgrade, y'all want to upgrade your life? You want to go to another level? Tired of being third class? Need to be first class? Come on, somebody. Are you with me? I'll tell you what, first class is much, much better. Oh, y'all don't even know. First class, woo, it's better. They live in way better. But you know what? Jesus died to give us first class. I'm trying to tell you how you get there is by changing the meditation of your heart. Jesus is saying, he, the word is telling us here, think on good things. So whenever you catch yourself meditating on what is wrong with your spouse, what is wrong with your kids, what is wrong with your jobs, what is wrong with your financial situation, stop and go, okay, what is good about my wife? What is good about my husband? What is good about my son or my daughter? What is good about my job? Well, pastor, that's where you lose me because I hate my job. Do you get paid at that job? Yes. Meditate on that. <laughs> Meditate on that. Because I've been without a job, and it's terrible. It's one of the worst experiences you can go through in life, especially for a man, because men are supposed to work. It's hard. It's hard, man. So how do we fix that? We meditate on the right things. we got to replace and catch ourselves when we meditate on wrong things. Now, this is difficult. This ain't easy. This ain't an easy fix. Y'all ain't going to walk out of here and go, cool, that's what I'm going to do. Because when you do that, bad stuff is going to happen. You're going to leave here. You're going to pray, God, help me just to just see the good in my husband. And you're going to go, and at lunch, he's going to do something dumb. chew with his mouth open. He's going to say something that's just going to trigger you. And you're going to have a decision to make. I pray that you hear my voice come up strong. Meditate on the good. And what you do, here's a little trick. You go, I got to use the restroom. Get up, leave the table. And before you do something, hit him with your chancla or something, you go in the bathroom and you say, God, Father, I just thank you. That he's a man of God. He goes to work every week. He provides for this house. And he's imperfect, but so am I. And that's when the grace comes in. And God goes, daughter, you finally get it. You finally get it. Are you with me today? So here's what we got to get out. I got 10 minutes. Here's what we got to get out of you before I let you go today. Because if you don't get this today, you might get arrested this week. If you don't get this, you might lose a job this week. And I don't want to be held responsible. So let me break down for you real quick. Remember, Jesus said out of the good treasure of your heart, that's what you'll live out of. So we've got to get good thoughts, good meditation from his word, from his word. Everybody say from his word. Not just words from his word, because, you know, Eastern meditation and Buddhism and Taoism and all this stuff, they preach to you good thinking, have good thoughts, good thoughts. No, no, no. God thoughts. God thoughts. Do you like my little accent there? Good thoughts. Good thoughts. God thoughts. Tell your neighbor, God thoughts. It's different. So Jesus says, put good stuff in. Okay, it'll produce good fruit. 
the internal voice will always outweigh everything else. What you hear on the inside is always going to outweigh everything else. This is why your husband can tell you you're beautiful, but you don't believe him. Your kids come and tell you, you're beautiful, mama. Thank you, baby. But you don't believe it. You want to know why? Because your internal thoughts will always outweigh everything else. So what do we got to do? We got to meditate on the right things. Now, I want you to write this down. If you're not taking notes, change your life right now and write this down and refer back to it right now. Meditation is this. I want you to write it down. It is the identification of stimuli. It is the identification of stimuli. I don't see some of y'all writing. You must already know this. Okay, God bless you. Identification of stimuli. Put it on your phone. Put it somewhere. Meditation is the identification of stimuli, S-T-I-M-U-L-I. What does that mean? It's the meditation of what has happened. What has happened? Now, let's take it further. Meditation is the assignment of meaning. The assignment of meaning. What does that break down to? Why what happened happened. The third aspect of meditation is this. It's the development of strategy. The development of strategy. What does that mean, Pastor? It means now, what do I do because of what happened? So meditation is the identification of stimuli. It's the assignment of meaning. It is the, develop, is the development of strategy. It breaks down to meditation is what? What happened, why it happened, and what I do now because of it. Now, why is this so important that I break this down? Because so many of us here are living with a strategy that you've developed because of something traumatic that has happened to you. We are living in a world right now where mental problems are going sky high. They're going sky high. And it's not for just those that we once considered, oh, they're crazy. No, mental problems are, are, are plaguing so many people. And it is. It's this thing. It's the untalked about uh, thing, uh, ailment or disease that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody ever wants to admit that they're not thinking right. Nobody wants to admit I got some mental problems. But what I just described to you about how God wants us to think, we all, smile at me, have some mental problems. Take a deep breath. We just got that out there. Now do one more thing. Tell your neighbor, you got some mental problems. Go ahead, tell him. Now, 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 now. Now tell your neighbor, I got some mental problems. Can we just put that out there? If we're putting God's word first, we all fall short in this area. But here's why you got to catch this today, because this could really change your life. Because you're 40 years old, but yet you're still living out of and meditating on what happened to you when you were eight. What happened to you when you were four, when your father left? What happened to you when your mom died? What happened to you when your parent went on drugs? What happened this? And let me paint this so you get this. And this is why God is coming at you strong today. You got to change the meditation because meditation is identifying what happened. I was molested. I was raped. 
Do you know some people can't stop meditating on it? Can't, it still goes on. And if you've gone through it, you know that is not something that leaves you easily. But look at the second part of meditation. Why did it happen? That's always, this is the order of what meditation takes place when something happens to us. So if you've ever had anything traumatic happen to you, it's not enough to stop thinking about what happened. You also have to stop thinking about why it happened. Because psychologists will tell you that when somebody has been uh, sexually abused or physically abused, they usually fall into the trap of blaming themselves for why it happened. I know it doesn't make any sense. Why, why, but see, you don't, you haven't had that experience. And so I've counseled so many people that have gone through abuse and they say, but in my heart, I always believed that I brought that rape on. I always believed that I was the reason that, that my father did this to me or that, or that to me, and I wasn't good enough. And if I would have only been good enough, my parents wouldn't have got a divorce. If I would have only been what my dad wanted me to be, he would have never got on drugs. You see, you're meditating on something that happened, and now you're assigning uh, uh, something to it, a why to it. And here's the third part that wrecks life. It is now you develop a strategy for life because of what happened, because you believe why it happened, and now what do I do because I've been hurt, because I've been molested, because my father died, because I didn't have a dad. Now we assign something to it. It's a strategy, and it usually looks something like this. I will never let anybody hurt me ever again. And we assign us meditation of our heart, a strategy that declares and decrees that. And now what is rolling around in our heart and in our life is unhealthy meditation that causes you to have a weak strategy towards the world. So you meet somebody. <clears throat> you better track with me. You meet somebody for the first time and God sends them into your life. And the first thing you do when you meet them, single ladies, and he's a nice guy, man of God, he says, nice to meet you. The first thing you do is you throw a guard up. The first thing that happens when you meet somebody, your guard goes up. What is that? That's wrong meditation. That's wrong meditation. Because, see, you're still living in those stimuli, why it happened, and what is your strategy behind it. Folks, Jesus don't want you living like that anymore. Because people are trying to love you, but you won't let them. People are trying to help you, but you won't let them. You won't trust nobody. And we wear that around as a badge. We post that on our Instagram, trust nobody. <laughs> Here's another one that is just stupid. This is dumb. If you got it on there, go erase it. Here it is. No new friends. That's the dumbest thing you could ever say and ever put on your life. No new friends. I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but others do. What is that? That's saying this. I'm not going to have new friends because they'll hurt me. But here's the problem. If God is going to change your life, he's going to do it through somebody. He's going to do it through somebody. Because I don't know about you, but I haven't seen Jesus just pop out of heaven and just appear to people and hand them gifts and take away illness. No, he doesn't do that. You know what he does? He'll send somebody to lay hands. He'll send somebody to have a conversation. He'll send somebody and move through their counsel. 
So when you got this stimuli in your meditation, you approach life in a terrible way. This is why some of you can't get close to men. And you're a man. You know what the hardest thing is? Gathering men together. It don't make no kind of sense because where I come from, men gather together. They're called baseball teams. They're called basketball teams. They're called football teams. But we live in a day and age when men don't even like other men. And there's a problem there because you're a man. How are you not going to like something you are? You want to know how? Through the wrong meditation of your heart. What happened, why it happened, and how you live now because of it. Now, let me just take it from the deep end over into the shallow end. Some of us, because that happened to you, now you live a life through the same stimuli, through the same meditation. So you go to Walmart. Track with me now. All right, let's change it because we always pick it on Walmart. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. You go to Sears. Okay? Ain't nobody go to Sears. Maybe you do. I don't know. I ain't seen one in a while. You go to Sears, and you ask the lady, ma'am, where are the jackets? And she looks at you, just points. You have a decision to make. The meditation of your heart begins to kick in. What just happened? You assign a meaning to it. That lady just clowned me by not having enough respect for me to talk to me. No, she didn't just point that way. See what your meditation is doing? It's assigning and defining what happened. Now, if I'm in that situation and lady does that to me, you know what I do? She must be having a bad day. And I go on and I get my jacket. Oh, but not you. Because nobody is going to disrespect me in this Sears, especially not in Sears. So now what do we do? Let's track with me now. Now what do we do? We assign a meaning of why it happened. She must not like Mexicans. If I was white, she wouldn't have talked to me like that. Who does she think she is? So now you've defined that you've been disrespected, and now you've attached the reason for it was because you're brown. Are you tracking with me now? So here's the third meditation of your heart. What you going to do about it? So then you stop in your tracks, and this is all taking place in 10 seconds. Y'all know how it is. And you stop and say, um, excuse me, um, you should talk to folks when they're asking you a question. I do not appreciate you pointing at me like I'm some kind of dog. And she says, oh, really? Now, see, here's where we could keep you from getting arrested because you don't know where she comes from. She will cut you. Are you with it? This is what happens. So we got two people operating out of the same mental stimuli. And this is what happens. Boom. Now you calling me on a Tuesday. Pastor, pray for me. I got court next week. And I say, what happened? And your story is always different. Well, this lady disrespected me. And see, but if I would have been in that situation, I would have assigned she just having a bad day. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Go get my coat is what I'm going to do about it and get up out of Sears and ask myself why I came here in the first place. <laughs> and it's over. Do you see how healthy people 
function at another level than people that have learned not to control the meditation of their heart. And let me tell you this, you know who, what kind of people are like this? People that have been hurt. So listen, I'm making, I'm poking at it, and I'm getting you to laugh so you can remember it, but it's really not a laughing matter, especially if you've ever been through something traumatic. And the reason I'm exposing it like this is because God wants to change the way you see the world because you don't need to be getting into fights. Not everything means something. Not everything means something, right, Aubrey? Let me, give, let me show you again how this works. I'm shaking Aubrey's hand. I didn't shake Rebecca's hand. That's what happened. Rebecca can assign something to it. Why didn't Pastor shake my hand? Oh, it's because Aubrey's white. I've been in this church since it started. Aubrey only been here a few years. I don't, I don't understand why he had to do that. Are you tracking with me? So what are you going to do about it? I'm going to be rude to pastor. Next time he comes and tries to shake my hand, I'm going to be like, oh, now you want to shake my hand. But in front of everybody, you shook her hand. See, you laughing, but as a pastor, I deal with this every single week. Every single week. And you know how I get by it? By putting good stuff in me. I don't respond to it. And having understanding. I see the pain rather than the drama. And see, some of you have been living in drama so long, they call you TNT. Because TNT got drama. Remember that commercial? Okay. Went over somewhere else. That's all right. I'm going to put it, I'm going to post it on the page so you can see I didn't make that up. It's a... Help me on the keys, uh, Jesse. Are you guys seeing this? And can I just be real 100 with y'all? Some of y'all operate like this. And it makes it real hard for the people that love you to love you. Because you're mad all the time. And everything means something. Well, why didn't he pick up his clothes after getting out the shower? What does he think this is? I know what he's doing. He wants me to pick it up. And he's trying. No, no, he just forgot. He just sloppy. Can we just say that? <laughs> But you're not mad at his sloppiness. You attach something to it. And now you're going to act out of that. And it creates this cycle to where your life is going to suck forever. It's going to suck forever. But if you want that upgrade that I'm talking about, and it's way better, it's way better. Your friends will be your friends so much longer. That's why somebody in here don't have friends for a very long time. Because in your mind, they always got to act stupid. I got to let them go. No, you attach the wrong things to what they do, and then you act in a way that aborts a godly relationship. And the people you used to be close to, you can't be close to no more because of what I've just described to y'all. Stand on your feet this morning. This is the morning I believe the light bulb goes on. You got to stop living out of that pain of what happened to you. You got to stop assigning a wrong meditation to how you view the world. It's destroying your relationships. I know where it came from. I want everybody here to close your eyes. If you've been through anything traumatic in your life, maybe it was physical abuse. Maybe it was a rape. Maybe it was losing your father. Maybe it was losing your mother. Whatever it was, and it, it, nothing's too insignificant. 
But right this morning, you got to make a decision and say, God, I'm not going to carry that thing anymore. I'm not going to allow that instance of what happened to give me a broken meditation, a way of seeing the world that always thinks the worst. God, get Ephesians 4 in my heart that I might meditate on whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is godly. Now, while your eyes are closed right now, there's others of you here and you're not serving Jesus. Listen, we can't do all this other stuff until you make a solid decision to give Jesus Christ your life. And if you're here today, and maybe you've been away from God and you're just like, Pastor, I need to come home. I need to live this thing right. Then I'm talking to you. Maybe you're here and you've never really made that commitment to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. We need to pray for you today because God is trying to upgrade your life and give you a better life than you could ever dream of. If you're here today, I want you to do one other thing. If those two areas I just described was you and you're ready to get your life right with God, I want you to slip up a hand so I could pray with you today. Just slip up a hand or in this place right now. Anyone, anyone, yes, yes. Now we're all gonna pray this prayer together. And then I wanna pray for the rest of you as we reprogram the mental stimuli in our, in our life. Let's all pray this with those that have raised their hand. And if you raise your hand, the Bible says, if you mean this with your heart, God will come in and make you a brand new creature in him. Let's pray this. Say, Jesus, we come before you. We've heard your word. And this morning, we want to give you our lives. You already know I'm not perfect. You already know I got issues. But your word says that if I would ask you to come into my life, you would come into my life. Your word also tells me that I need to repent from my ways, which means leave my sin. And this morning, I make the decision to leave my old ways and follow you. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I just thank you for touching those that are coming home this morning. But for the rest of us, Lord, just keep your eyes closed for a moment longer. Lord, challenge us to change. Challenge us, Lord, to meditate on your word until we do the word without even thinking. I just see, Lord, that you want to upgrade so many families. You want to upgrade so many marriages, so many singles, so many kids. You want to take them to the next level if they will simply meditate on your word. Father, I thank you right now. And I ask that your word would continue to work. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss everybody here. But if you need prayer for anything, maybe I touched on some things as we were touching on uh, memories of being uh, molested or, or whatever it was, and it just opened something in you and you just feel like you need prayer, you can just come up to the front. Me and the pastoral team will be here to just lay hands on you and pray with you. The rest of you, God bless you. I challenge you to meditate on the word this week get that upgrade. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey everybody, Pastor Sergio here. and We just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. 
Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series. 